Thursday, February 22nd. Welcome back to the Sleepers podcast. Carter Elliott's in the building. My name is Greg Waddell, and uh, we're both trying to power through. Cart's a sad, sad boy after Michigan State's loss to Iowa. I am a sad, sad boy after Olivier Conway's season-ending injury. We have videos up on both of those up on the channel, but uh, I know I can rely on my man to hit the slipper flip. How you doing, Cart? I'm doing good. Uh, also, since I started doing the slipper flip, I kind of started to notice my my Uggs are getting a little wear and tear on them. I think it might are be they? time for a Yeah. Mm, not great. Yeah. I mean, I could have hit that upgrade if any of my Michigan State Live bets hit yesterday, but they didn't yet. That would have been nice. It's not nice in hindsight. Uh, I feel for you, my friend. Hey, we do have an announcement to make, though. Uh, we have just entered an affiliate partnership with Homefield Apparel. Homefield, one of the very best spots to get college basketball gear college sports gear in general that you can find on the internet this is not an ad read either like they didn't give us any specific ad read to do they're not like a presenting sponsor or anything but uh we have some discounts to give out so i'm just speaking from the heart on home field for christmas last year you know this i got like eight different home field shirts like i just have like kansas state shirts and drake shirts now and they're awesome they're very comfy i love all the throwback uh logos that are all over them they have so much good stuff. I would buy it all if I could. Uh, if you go to homefieldapparel.com, first-time customers can receive 15% off using promo code SLEEPERS. That's SLEEPERS. Uh, and then we also have a link for returning customers. If you've bought from Homefield before, if you have an account already, uh, we actually get a percent commission from if you purchase through our link. So if you want to support the Sleeper Show, I know we've talked about joining the Discord before. We'll talk about it again. This is a new way to support Sleepers Media, get some money in our pockets for all the content we produce. Uh, I'll put that link to Homefield in this video. So if you make a purchase through that link and you're a returning customer, we'll get a percent of it. If you're a first-time customer, again, promo code SLEEPERS, 15% off. Any thoughts on Homefield Apparel from you, Cart? Uh, I, I honestly don't want to get in the kind of like this is like Starstruck moment, but like very, very cool thing for us just because – I've been a home field wearer probably since, I mean, I was a little more recently. I think you actually showed me the light more so on home field uh, gear, but like when it comes to like design and comfy, just like in one, I don't think anyone really does it as good as home field in like the, in this space. So uh, I own many of their stuff, uh, not even of my own team, just like of anyone, just cause like the stuff's so fire. So yeah, you want to support us? Go ahead and do that and get yourself a fire home field, some fire home field apparel in the process. Yeah, I bought a new one, uh, my Cyclones, after TJ Otzelberger intentionally did not foul to secure the cover, instantly bought an Iowa State Cyclone shirt. You didn't send me the link? You should have. Wait, hold on. It's in the description. Are we we hoarding home field? It's in the description card. That's where the link is. You know where the link is. Uh, Go check it out. Support the show. Buy home field. To the comments, what's your YouTube comment of the day to kick us off? Oh, let's see what we got here. It's positivity week, so we're we're gonna st- we're gonna stay on that. Let's let's see. Credit to us, by the way, for really. Well, we're gonna put that to the test with a couple topics today, but we've done a good job. Okay, I'm gonna go with this comment from Stacy. Stacy. Stacy Hyman. Diehard Illinois and Coleman fan, love you guys. If anyone wants to troll, you need to be ready for the feedback. Your love for Illinois and Coleman is undeniable. I tune in and listen to every comment both ways. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Stacy. Appreciate that. Anytime I hear the name Stacy, by the way, I think of the the Quinn '94 Stacy song. Great song. Really, I think of Stacy's mom has gone. He's all alone. So I've been in love with Stacy's ma. Hey, hey, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I was going for a different one. I won't sing it, but uh, yeah, thanks for the comment. Appreciate that. ILL, we're uh, still coordinating our plans for the Illinois Purdue game. Very excited about that. Hopefully, 
if there's any Illinois people in the house that are sleepers listeners, come say hello to us. We'd love that. That would be fun. Let's move to the Discord cart. Speaking of ways to support us, join the Discord, $9.99 a month if you join on your laptop or desktop. I've also been told that if you want to join on your phone, you can do so just from uh, going to like a browser instead of going through the Discord app on your phone, and you can avoid those fees. $9.99 a month. We're right under 150. I think we're like two people away from 150 users in the Discord right now. Join up, support the show. Every every cent on Discord money goes directly to our pockets and uh, helps us do things like go to the Final Four, go to Illinois-Purdue, and cover the sport the way that we really want to. Comments. Starts with Travis Nelson. Says, I was thinking about all Big Ten awards for Michigan State. Walker first team, Hall second team probably, Hogard possibly third team, or him and Akins are honorable mention, which leads me to this. Would Mahdi make the all Big Ten 18th team? Eighteen. So that means that hold on a second real quick here, because this is the greatness of of having your iPhone with you. So if he made team 18, that means there's 17 teams before him. Those 17 teams have five players each on them. That means that there are 85 players in the Big Ten that are better than Madi Sissoko. That's that's mean to Madi. I think Madi would make like 15th team. Well, hold on. There's 85 players in the Big Ten better than Madi. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten. So let's do a little more math. Oh, God. All you would need is six players per team to be better than Madi Sissoko for that to be accurate. Uh-oh. Okay, maybe that is accurate then. I think that's general. I think there's like nine players per team that are better than Madi Sissoko. Also, with that said, Madi would be ahead of all Big Ten teams of Jackson Kohler and Carson Cooper. I don't know that that's true anymore, but I respect the uh, sentiment behind it. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Madi would not make the All Big Ten 18th team. Fun exercise, though. Carter Bullhouse says, Ant Wright recently made a YouTube video where he listed his top Michigan head coaching options. The list was 2B, Nate Oates, 2A, Otzelberger, 1, John Beeline. Is bringing Beeline back at all possible, or is Ant just wishful thinking? Do you have any thoughts? Because I have some very specific thoughts. I don't even think it's wishful. It's just, it's not happening. Beeline's not coming back. Correct. Yeah. I uh, I have not watched the Ant Wright video. I do watch as many Ant Wright videos as I can. I'm a big fan of Ant Wright's content in general. Um, I have not seen that. I'm going to watch that after we ended recording today. But of those three names, I think Nate Oates is the only one that has a 1% realistic outcome where he's the Michigan head coach. And that's about the percent I would give it, 1%. You have to hire Nate Oates away from other schools that could hire him away, pay his buyout, and deal with like the moral concerns of hiring Nate Oates, which is not something Michigan has necessarily shown interest in doing in the past after the whole uh, Fab Five scandal. So I don't think that's realistic. Ots, you need to pay a $17 million buyout. I don't know if Ant talked about that in the video or not, but uh, I will just say it. Michigan's not paying a $17 million buyout for TJ Otzelberger. If they are paying a buyout that big, they would get a more proven coach. Notice I love Otz. He'd be my dream hire. Not happening. John Beeline, if you called John Beeline and offered him this job, John Beeline would say no immediately. So uh, I ain't played for John Beeline. Maybe he's talked to John Beeline and has heard differently. I don't know. It's wishful thinking as far as I'm concerned. I don't see a world where that could possibly happen. Also, let's not like crawl back to our ex begging at this point, like our ex left us for Dante Exum and then got fired six months later for calling his players thugs. That happened. That happened. That I don't happened. I don't need to crawl back to that guy. Let's just move on. Malik Perry says, Carter, which Spider-Man 2 movie are you referring to? Isn't there only one Spider-Man 2? That's a hilarious comment. <laughs> so how's it? There's not multiple Spider-Man 2s. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Um, I do not know. Middle name Mateen says, uh, can we have the conversation about what causes Purdue to lose these games against significantly worse teams? Greg, you keep saying it's demons they have to shake. 
I've heard people say that Painter is a great X's and O's coach, but a bad situational coach. I've heard people say that Painter isn't hot-headed enough, needs to be more fiery. I've also heard people blame the style of the Big Ten for not preparing teams in March. I think it's a little bit of everything, but I think the biggest part is style of play. The one year they weren't uh, on a run, the one year they went on a run, they played through a guard. Every year they have been upset, they played through bigs. Still trying to figure out why that's such a liability, but that's my thought. Purdue fans, I'm interested in your take as well. What's your take on uh, why Purdue struggles against significantly worse teams in big moments? I, I don't think it's one singular reason. I, I, I just don't think you can do that in the game of college basketball. And every loss isn't the same. There's all different types of different scenarios and factors that go into losses. Uh, with that said, I think the conversation about – I just don't think you can say them playing through bigs is something you can't do because – how would paint look not playing through the national player of the year? Like that, that's that I, I get it. Like maybe like playing through a guard got you to some place, but like the reason they were playing through a guard when they were is because they didn't have a national player of the year at center. So I, you know, I, I, I don't really put it on one factor, one reason what it is, um, which is kind of why, like I bring up the, maybe it's just like a, a yips thing with this team and it'll go away once they get over the hump. But until then, I think we'll just kind of be searching for reasons. I will say, though, I never thought about it. Paint is a great head coach. He is. Great X's O's guy. Just great head basketball coach. Does Paint, like, have, like, that, like, edge to get teams over the top when things aren't going well? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh... I don't think I buy that's something a team needs to win. Um, I don't think I don't think I don't think so either. For for what it's worth, I'm just yeah. I would I would just point to let like Scott Drew didn't need an edge to get Baylor over the hump. He needed to be the best team in the country and play like it for six games. Um, so I I think Purdue can do that this year. I believe in Painter still. I'm not going to jump off of that. I think. Uh, to me, like the Bradens, the quote unquote demons that I refer to as the Bradens are not as big of an issue. I, I like to talk about it because it's, it's an entertaining point to make in these things. But like to, the bigger issue to me is, is Fletcher Lawyer playable? <laughs> like la last year, the loudest thing that hurt Purdue was Fletcher Lawyer was unplayable in many of the late games in the season. And to me, that is rearing its ugly head right now. Um, that puts more pressure on Braden and in general gives you less margin for error. And the Bradens to me are not like, why is Purdue going to lose in March? The Bradens are, you don't want to be in a close game late because I'm not sure I trust Braden in a single elimination game set. Um, and I trust Braden as one of the best guards in the country at all times for that. It's just the, the very specific concept of win or go home. We've seen Braden struggle and it might happen again. It might not. We need a larger sample size, but I don't know. I think um, I think it is way more than one thing is my true answer, and it, none of these are reasons Purdue can't win in the future. It's just it's trying to diagnose why have they lost in the past, which is really easy to do in hindsight. But you know, it, it's not like there was anything that caused Carson Edwards' team from losing in the Elite Eight other than a miracle shot from Virginia, and we're not even having that conversation if that doesn't happen. So yeah. That's where I'm at on it. Uh, but appreciate the question and would be interested in Purdue fans' response to that as well. Hoop says, I have a rant about something. The terms talented and skilled get thrown around too vicariously and are often used synonymously with good player, but flashy handles don't automatically make you a good player. People often argue the opposite too. For example, the retort on Edie is always, he has no skill. In my opinion, this is a product of highlight culture that we've been living in when in a reality, a 360 Hezzy off of one leg is worth the same amount of points as an Edie hook shot. Another example is Josh Allen is considered more physically skilled and talented than Tom Brady. But is there any question who is the better quarterback? My synopsis is that talented and skilled get used too freely and should not be misconstrued with automatically being a good player. Do you agree? Uh, I, I agree to a, a certain extent. Um, to me, it's more so annoying when people do things so well or so, I, I wouldn't say it's highlight culture. Maybe it's a little bit, but like saying Zach Eady isn't skilled is just wrong. And I, I guess it just goes to the Eady thing, but like, I think it's fair to say like Josh Allen is a more talented quarterback than Tom Brady is. He's just not a better quarterback. 
like uh, you know we did the same thing with like Mahomes like Mahomes we think is the most talented and will be the best quarterback of all time but he's not the greatest of all time because he's not Brady yeah um I struggle with this one I I understand what Coop is trying to say and I think I agree with 90 percent of it but uh what I don't agree with is that Josh Allen is more talented um I to me like now we're just getting into football specifics, but I think it applies to basketball. Like, like maybe Josh Allen's more physically gifted than Tom Brady. That's yeah, that's he, had, he had yeah, he has a six pack and he can run and jump. That has nothing to do with quarterback talent. Like it just True. doesn't. I, like physical athlete, physical gifts do not equal talent to me. And if you want to use talent to mean physical gifts, I guess fine. But uh, like mental toughness is a talent. Uh, field awareness as a quarterback is a talent. Like. How quickly can you get the ball off as a talent? Like, are you protecting your body as a talent? These are talents. Like, but some of Zach Eady's talents are avoiding fouls. He's great at that. That's not physical gifts. That's a talent. It's a skill. So I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm, I think I agree with 90% of what Coop is saying, but I just – I would just refer to Zach Eady as talented is my point. I don't, I don't avoiding, think we avoiding, an, avoiding ankle sprains. I, I don't think we need to sit here and be like Zach Eady. Zach Eady's just good. He's not talented. No, he's, he's very talented and very skilled and he's very good. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> like, I, like who's is Hunter Dickinson more talented. Is that what we're trying to say? No, he's not. He's not. They have different skills. Like <laughs> Eady's are better. All right, bite, bite your tongue. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm move sorry, I, we uh, Hunter is more on. skilled than Edie. I'm sorry, he we're gonna move on. Dylan Terpstra says, I truly believe there is a world where Izzo goes and gets two guys in the portal, brings back all the young guys, and has a team that's surprisingly good next year. The roster being better built, seniors gone, young guys progress. I also see a world where he doesn't get anyone in the portal, and this team is bad next year. I'm talking NIT or possibly not even making the NIT. Which one of those two do you think is more likely, Cart? The, the second world just don't believe in him anymore as uh as a portal guy nope all right guess we gotta wait and see uh i think terps right though i think either one of those is a reasonable outcome but it would require change to do the first one and tom Izzo has resisted change every step of the way so good luck uh derek says are you still a perfectly fine goose that's what you changed your discord name to uh, are you a perfectly fine goose no, I'm about to change that soon. Once I get off this, probably to like, uh, I don't know, something very more dramatic. Irreparably broken goose? A goose with one wing. I like irreparably broken, personally. But What about shattered goose? Yeah, I still like irreparably broken. I can't spell that. I can send it over. Thank you. Yeah, I will. All right. Uh, thanks, Discord. Good job. Join the Discord. Support the show. Yada, 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 yada. Who cares? Three topics today. First one. You care? Yeah, I do. I care too. I just, I don't like always begging. I don't like that. I wake up every day and I list off three things I can beg for. And this is usually one of them. Support us by joining the Discord. It is one of the best ways not the only way as of now, because we keep on elevating our stock, but one of the best ways to support us is by joining the Discord. It's a great community. I enjoy it very greatly. We have good retention rate for the most part. And I just think you should give it a shot. You know, I, I think, and I'm not going to say I think, I, I feel that everyone can find it in their ability to muster up 10 bucks and just join for a month, give it a go, see how you feel about it. It's no lifetime contract. We're not Xfinity. We're not going to tie in for a whole year. All right, just join up, give it a go on your desktop, $10 a month, and come on and join in the fun. It's a good time, I promise. Uh, you're in charge of that read from now on because it seems like you take a lot more joy in begging people than I do, so that's a win. You're going to do that from now on. Uh, second, I if like if I wasn't just your friend and business partner, I genuinely think I would pay $200 a month just to have access to talking to you on a daily basis. <laughs> that's crazy. I'd like, I don't make great money. So like that, but that's, I would put that price point on just access to Carter Elliott. I think it's worth that much. Food out of your daughter's mouth to have access to me. 
I love it. I think it's worth that much. It really enlightens my day in that way. $10, that's that's nothing for Carter Elliott, 24-7. Crazy. All right, to the show. Uh, first topic today. I don't even know how to frame this one that well. I'm just going to I'm gonna roll it out. We did the UConn recap. We did the Purdue preview. We're covering these teams every single game because these are the two best teams in the country. They're probably destined to play each other in the NCAA tournament. Yada, yada, yada. Argue over who's better. I don't really care. Here's my bottom line for you, Cart. We need to have a conversation with how these fan bases are interacting with each other right now. Because uh, as a fan of a losing team right here, I'm seeing some strange behavior from both Purdue fans and from UConn fans and maybe from the media and how it's covered. I don't know. But it seems like there's a blossoming rivalry and pot shots being taken from both fan bases whenever the other team loses. It's as if they're gunning to be considered the best team in the country or they want to feel validated as if they are as good or better than UConn or Purdue is in fans' eyes, in national media's eyes, et cetera. And uh, I'm just going to lay it out from my perspective. I don't know how we're going to brand this video. We just wanted to talk about it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why UConn fans or Purdue fans care about their team being viewed in a more positive light than the other. From my perspective, both these teams are going to win their conferences. Both these teams are going to be one seeds. Both of these teams could win a national championship. Both of these teams could lose in the first round. It could happen. Like whatever happened last year does not necessarily impact what happens this year. It's not a guarantee. You can argue all day if you trust Dan Hurley over Matt Painter. You can argue all day if you like Purdue's roster more than UConn. Sure, if you just want to sit here online and argue in circles all day, do it. More power to you. I don't get it. I don't get why Purdue fans are victory lapping UConn losing on the road to Creighton in a game they were three-point underdogs in. I don't get why UConn fans would care if Purdue lost to Ohio State. I don't get it at all. Can you explain this to me and or how do you feel about this entire dynamic? No, because I can't explain it because I, I don't I don't get it either. Like, why? It's not a rivalry. Y'all haven't played each other. Y'all don't. I don't even know why y'all care about each other. And for me, I'm putting myself in those fan base's shoes. Like, I'll start off by this. I'm Purdue. I'm putting myself in this position. I don't care what happens to you. Like I, that has nothing to do with me. I don't care if we're, we're, we're the number 19 team in the country. I just want to, I just want to have some March success. That's all I want. I had, I had three goals at the start of this season. Don't care how I get there. I want to win the big 10 regular season. I want to win the big 10 tournament. And I want to make a run in March. I want to make a final four. Cause I think my team is good enough to do that. That's all I care about. I don't care if UConn is number one. I don't care if UConn is, victory lapping my team or doing whatever like that doesn't matter to me if i'm uconn i definitely don't care i just want to ship last season like i don't i don't care about what i do right now i don't care about losing on the road to creighton like i am three games up in the big east i am running this conference i'm going to win that conference and i'm also set up to make a run in march i'm one of the best teams in the country so like i just I don't, I don't get it. To me, it seems like a waste of energy from both sides. But, and and the only thing I do resonate with is, you know, sometimes a, a playful victory lap at the expense of the other side, like that happens in all in all things. Usually, it happens in rivalries, though. I I just don't know why this is like becoming a thing when I don't think it needs to be a thing. Yeah. Yes. I. I don't know. I just like. And my interpretation is from the outside. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm only seeing one side of this because we're in Big Ten country and I've met a lot of great Purdue people and we follow, like I probably follow like 50 to 100 Purdue fans. I don't know that I follow any UConn fans other than Rob Doster and maybe one to two other accounts I don't even know are UConn fans. So I don't see a lot of this. And for the record, Doster's been very vocal all season that he his number two thing he's rooting for is Matt Panner to make a Final Four. Like he he obviously wants his UConn Huskies to win, but I believe him genuinely. Like he wants to see Purdue succeed. I think a lot of people across the sport do. Um, my interpretation of this is that Purdue fans have been very upset whenever they lose a game and anybody criticizes their team, whether it's national media, whether it's other people. And the reality of this is, look, national fans – are going to poke fun at the program that loses games they shouldn't in March. It just is what it is. And I, I think most Purdue fans can own that. 
but obviously they get annoyed by it. But I just don't like it's it's turned for Purdue fans into like a let's prey on everybody else's downfall as a way to validate ourselves way, which feels strange to me. And they would probably say, well, everybody preys on our downfall. That might be true. I can tell you this. I don't think UConn gives a damn about Purdue. I don't think they care. Like per, a program that just won a national championship is not sitting here crying if Purdue loses or happy that Purdue, they just don't care. I can promise you that. And maybe there are circles that I'm wrong about that I'm not seeing, but man, it, you would think Purdue like hung a banner last night when UConn loses to Creighton. And it's like, see, see, we are just like them. Why do we care about that at all? Like both these teams are good. Both these teams losing a game this week doesn't change the fact that both these teams are good. It doesn't change the fact that both these teams are going to be champions. Both these teams are going to be one seeds in March. And we won't know in, until we see them play each other. And we probably won't see them play each other. Because in reality, one of these teams, if not both, will probably lose before we get there. But I just, I, I'm kind of baffled by it. And I, I know I shouldn't be, as a fan of a losing team, I shouldn't be telling fans how to act. But I really genuinely don't understand it. Like, I think if I was in Purdue's shoes, I wouldn't, care about what's going on with UConn yeah also I'm putting myself in Purdue's shoes I'm not victory lapping anybody after the loss I just took I'm just I know we're not going loss for loss but like let's let's call like a let's call a spade a spade here like you can give me the net rankings you can give me all that you lost to one of the worst teams in the in the Big Ten uh, a week after they fired their head coach like that's ah, that's tough I mean UConn lost on the road to Creighton. Like, it's it's not a good loss. There's no such thing as a good loss. But, like, let's not go loss for loss. That wouldn't – it just wouldn't be the time I would victory lap another team, to be honest with you. But, like I said, you can't put yourself in other fans' shoes. I just – I just don't – I just don't understand it. It's – that's – it sounds draining, too, from yeah. it, on, bo on both sides. I just don't understand why each team cares about each other. Like, at the end of the day – after that Ohio State loss, Purdue still a Final Four favorite, still one of the best teams in the country. UConn, after their loss to Creighton, still a Final Four favorite, still one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, that's it. Like that's how it should be. That's how it is. Yeah, and if it's just like an argument, of, well, we have the better resume. Like, yeah, Purdue does have a better regular season resume. I don't really think that matters. They both have great resumes. Like, yeah, and also, <laughs> and also, like, sweet, like, hey, you do have the better resume. Okay. And that's like, that's that's why you were the number one overall seed when the net or the selection committee <laughs> released their top sixteen. That's why, like I, I don't think Purdue has been short on praise this year for what they've done. Neither has UConn, but um, I don't know. It's not like, and I know Purdue fans will probably tell me a lot of people jumped off our bandwagon. Maybe, maybe, or maybe people just criticized a really bad loss because that was what it was. Um, doesn't mean you can't win a national championship, but the reality is, like, go do it. Like it, it's all fun and games and sitting here talking and praying on other people's downfalls. Like just go do it and put an end to all of this. And ultimately we have another month of this before the NCAA tournament gets here because uh, none of this matters until we see what they do in March. It is what it is. With all that said, I, I hopefully that was a healthy conversation and um, maybe, maybe people in our comments can explain to us why this has become a rivalry. But uh, with all that said, uh, which one of these teams is frauds? Neither. Well, if one of them was a fraud, who would be the fraud? I mean, you got to pick. Don't actually team, answer. Don't actually answer that. Mike. I'm kidding. I'm literally joking. I'm making fun of this. I'm trying to. Oh, do, are you? Trying okay, to do, I'm gonna, trying I'll... to do what everyone's mad about, and I now you fell for it. You were about to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You made you made me pick. Don't do it. Neither of these teams are frauds. Go. Let's move on. Uh, last night, I want to read a tweet from a uh, Michigan State Spartan legend. And uh, we are a couple days. We record ahead of the day that the episode releases now. So this will be a couple days ago that this happened now. But uh, when Michigan State lost to Iowa, Draymond Green had a really interesting quote on Twitter. He tweeted this at 10.24 p.m. Eastern. So this is about an hour and a half after Michigan State's loss to Iowa was finalized. He tweeted, quote, I personally think if I ever coached college basketball, I'd destroy all these guys. I just watched Chris Bell start eight for eight from three in the first half and finish eight for 10. 
They didn't have him set one back screen, but only sat in the corner. Didn't run a pick and roll with him as the back action. And put the defender in a single side tag position, and he got one shot in the second half. Watching college basketball baffles me. His coach didn't know how to use him to get other guys shots, let alone get him another shot. However, boy, got a ratchet. That's where Draymond Green's head was at at 1024 Eastern, an hour and a half after Michigan State lost at home to Iowa. And Michigan State fans getting a little, just a little grumpy, a little frustrated with their head coach, Tom Izzo. To that point, uh, friend of the show, Odell Bredham, uh, one of the, the most prominent Michigan State social media accounts you can find, good ambassador for Michigan State sports, uh, responded to Draymond's tweet and said, I have the perfect job for you in three to five years. Do you want to see Draymond as a head coach at Michigan State one day? And do you think he would be good? Um, well, doc a point here. Uh, I don't, I would hope that our future head ball coach right now is not watching uh, Syracuse play at NC state. I, I just, I just want to kind of make that known. I would, I would hope that my ball coach isn't tuning into that game. Um, with that said, I, I mean, I just don't know. Like I, I've always thought it's like a funny trope, like Draymond, like coming back and like Draymond's the ultimate Spartan dog. He is Michigan state. He'll come back and like coach his team up. And, you know, granted, maybe, maybe Draymond would be a great coach, but like, are you telling me that in like three to five years, Draymond goes from active player to maybe like a year of retirement and wanting to coach Michigan state? Like, no, if anything, Draymond's going to be in his new media world podcasting, maybe doing, you know, turning into prime, Eddie Murphy when he's next to Taylor Rooks and that, that's about it. But like, I I don't, I don't know if it's actually, I don't think it's a serious thing or a serious consideration. Like I would, I would strongly bet that Draymond never coaches at Michigan state or even coaches in general, to be honest. So I don't know how realistic it is. You might know better than me from the people that you talk to and have relationships with. Um, so I, I'm not going to overly speculate on how realistic it is. What I will say that I believe strongly based on things I've been told and just I believe it in my heart is that whenever Tom Izzo decides to leave, Tom Izzo will have the most important role in determining who the next coach is. I believe that. And that doesn't happen at all programs, when, whether you're a legend or not that leaves like it's not like when John Beeline chose to leave Michigan, we were asking him who we should hire. That That's not how it goes. Tom Izzo is going to have that type of sway. With how important he is to the university, the way he has stepped in and served admirably in a thousand different ways when tragedies have happened, when other things have happened, when uh, controversy has struck, when good times have happened, all he's done for the basketball program, the, the way he supported the football program, everything. He is just so integral to that university and the athletics. Ultimately, whoever Tom Izzo wants to hire is going to be hired. And the reality is this. Tom might have coaching friends that are quote unquote elite coaches that might be interested in the Michigan State job. Like he he might get a phone call from a coach he just has a personal respect for that has coached at another school.
Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.